Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning, all, and welcome back to our devotionals uh, as we continue through Zechariah. I hope you've all had a good week so far and a good Friday coming your way. Um, so if you do have your Bibles, open them up to Zechariah chapter 1, and uh, Zechariah chapter 1, verses 5 to 6. I'm actually just going to include uh, the sentence from verse 4 as it goes into verse 5. So uh, it says this. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Turn from your evil ways and stop your evil practices. Where are your ancestors now? They and the prophets are long dead. But everything I said through my servants, the prophets, happened to your ancestors, just as I said. As a result, they repented and said, we have received what we deserve from the Lord of heaven's armies. He has done what he said he would do. So you have Zechariah exhorting them to not be like their ancestors, not be like their forefathers. We saw that on um, Wednesday. And, and it's a reminder that the message to them was repent. And they didn't. They didn't turn from evil ways. And so Zechariah says, where are they now? And the prophets, they are long dead. But everything I said to the servants, the prophets happened to your ancestors. So um, what does this mean? And what does this mean for us? How can we apply this to our lives? Well, I suppose should, should I should first say there have been multiple takes on what this passage means. And in fact, the most popular view really from the early church up to the time of the Reformation was that effectively what's going on here is Zechariah said, um, you didn't, they didn't obey the word of the Lord, your ancestors, and now they're dead. And, um, and so the people then reply, so what? The prophets are also dead. Did they disobey? And Zechariah is saying, okay, yeah, they died too, but... So it's kind of a back and forth between them. Now, as I say, whenever there's a view that has kind of uh, major popularity, it's probably not worth snuffing our nose at. Um, and there is, some, there is some credibility there. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe Zechariah is saying to them, they died because they didn't listen to the word of the Lord. And they reply smugly, well, the prophets also died. So Zechariah is saying, yes, true, but what lasted? I'm more taken with a view that did exist in the early church. If you've heard of St. Jerome, for instance, the person who translated the Bible into Latin in the 5th century, um, the view that he takes and what was most common really from the Reformation until now is that effectively Zechariah is saying this. He is saying to the people, listen to what the word of the Lord was to your forefathers. The word of the Lord to your forefathers was repent, return to me or be destroyed. What does it look like now, says Zechariah? Lo and behold, they are dead. You're in a Jerusalem that has no walls. The prophets that spoke are dead. In that equation, in if you look at history, you have the word of the Lord, your forefathers, the prophets and the city. What lasts today? Where are the where's the city gone? Where are the prophets? They're gone. Where are the prophets? They're gone. What lasts? What lasts is the word of the Lord that was spoken through the prophets to the people. Now, I, I think this is what Zechariah is really saying, both to them and to us. 
where are the people who have gone before? Where is Paul the Apostle? Where is Luke? Where is um, Matthew and every other writer of the Bible? They are gone. The messengers are dead. The message remains. The word of the Lord stands and we still have it today. We have received the word of the Lord. It is what stands. And I think this is uh, really quite a, a powerful message for us to think about because it's affecting what we can build our lives on. There's a, a church I know of where the, the motto is a never changing gospel in an ever changing world. And I think that really summarises uh, the Christian um, attitude to God's word really quite well. We have a world which is constantly changing and evolving and what it holds to be good and the ideals it has are always changing. But the word of the Lord stands. We can say, where are these other ideas? Where are these other ideals and philosophies and new thoughts that people have had now? They are gone. The people who had the thoughts are gone. But the word of the Lord is what stands. Even when you think about this within church life, there have been people who have come along and basically said, we've got the Bible wrong since the apostles. Now we're going to restore it. You know, there's multiple cults where they've basically said that uh, the true church ceased to exist basically as soon as it started. And thankfully, God sent them to restore it. I mean, put aside the arrogance to one side. Um, it's the, the problem there is that it's a complete innovation. It's a complete change. And more often than not, these groups don't last long. They get destroyed. But the word of the Lord is what stands. Whenever there has been this innovation or a new idea in church, I mean, I'm just thinking about there was a group in the 1700s known as the Antinomians who would say, there is no law that binds us. We can do whatever we want. And they would sometimes run into church naked to make a point. Where are they today? They're gone. But the word of the Lord stands. Now, someone may say to, to me, hang on a second, aren't you one of those you know, reformed theologians, don't you, aren't you all about the Protestant Reformation? Isn't that an innovation? Isn't that kind of diverting from the word of the Lord as established uh, in his church? But actually the reformers themselves were not saying, you know, you've got it all wrong. We need to innovate something new. What they're saying is the church, how it had become at the time of the Reformation had innovated new things It had gone against the word of the Lord and those things would not last. They would be like the forefathers here in Zechariah that you'd be able to look back. And we do look back today, even in the, the Roman Catholic Church, those things, um, the main things that caused the Reformation no longer happen. There was an innovation and they're now passed away. Where is this new idea? It's gone. But the word of the Lord stands. And so the Reformation was really about going back to what the word of the Lord says. It's not about innovations. It's about restoration. So um, that is really the, the, the thrust of what Zechariah is saying. Look to anyone who came and spoke um, or anyone who's had ideas, anyone who thinks they're grand, anyone who thinks that they're building their life on what's good. They're gone. Everything from the past is gone. But the word of the Lord stands. Even the messengers are gone. We can't go to Paul, for instance, and say, what, what did you mean when you say that you knew someone who went to the third heaven in Second Corinthians? That would be, that'd be very helpful for us to ask him. But the Lord has decided in his wisdom to not leave us, Paul, but to leave us his word. And so by saying that, the Lord is giving us a standard from which we need to work on. 
So we have an, a never-changing gospel in an ever-changing world. And that is um, an important point as Christians to remember. We need to build our life upon that which doesn't change, not on the opinions of men which come and go and they themselves die and then their opinions are forgotten. But the word of the Lord stands forever. But the second thing that I think is really profound that this um, prophecy draws out is this. Zechariah's point is, the Lord said, if you do not repent, you will be destroyed. Where are they now? Destroyed. What does that tell you about God's word? It tells you that it's sure. It tells you that it is guaranteed that when God speaks, he will achieve what he says. Why is that so profound? Because what has the Lord just said previously in verses uh, two and three and four? Return to me and I will return to you. Now, I'm not going to unpack that again like I did on Wednesday, but the message is this. If the Lord says, unless you repent, I will destroy. And indeed, when they do not repent, he destroys. It tells you that the Lord's word is guaranteed and he will achieve it. If the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you, you can take that as well as a guarantee. Turn to the Lord. And there is a guarantee which he himself has bound himself with that he will return to you, that he will come to you in intimacy and love and grace and truth and will bind himself to you. Everything that was said through the prophets, my servants, Zechariah, happened to your ancestors, just as I said. And so the message for us is everything that the Lord says, he means. When he offers you the chance to repentance and gives you the promise that he will turn to you, Take it because he means it. Equally, both the Old and the New Testament is full of warnings for those who wouldn't repent. If you don't repent and turn from your sin, then it isn't a gracious heavenly father that is waiting, but it is the scorching fires of the sun, to kind of use the analogy I used on Wednesday. So in light of that, some questions to kind of um, take us through the, the day and the week is, how can we be sure as Christians to be building our life, not on opinions of people or on things which sound good or on innovations, but on what lasts forever, the word of the Lord. And how can we be looking back and, and, and thinking to ourselves, where are they now? Where are they now? But what lasts is the word of the Lord. So how can we as Christians build our life on the word of the Lord? It's not simply about reading the Bible. I often use the analogy of uh, a highway manual, a high, the highway code manual rather. You can spend your life reading the highway code, but it doesn't necessarily make you a better driver. It takes a decision to be on the road in your car and put into practice what you've been reading. So how can we build our life on what lasts? Let's pray and then I'll finish. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. And more than that, Lord, we thank you that you are a God who means what you speak, Lord, that even though we speak and make many promises and say many things, we're fickle and often don't keep it. But you are the one who, when when you speak, things happen. So, Lord, we pray that you would teach us to build our life on the word of the Lord. Lord, to look to our ancestors and our forefathers, to use Zechariah's language, and, and see they do not last. These things around us do not last. What does last? The word of the Lord. Teach us to do this, we pray, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Amen.